from Slickback Studios headquarters in Brooklyn, New York, Mike Coscarelli, Matt Lajeski, and Adam Foster are The Sports Group. All sports, all men, all right. Sponsored by Falstaff Beer, America's favorite beer for the drive home. Welcome back to the last place in America where men can be men. You are now in the sports group. I am your host, Mike Coscarelli, joined in Chicago, as always, by Matt Lajeski. How are you, Matt? No cock-sucking, butt-fucking, fist-pumping sports group, Mike. I was good until I didn't get all that. I, I, I had to mix it up a little bit. I feel like I was bringing the energy too much, and I feel like people were, um, you know, most notably my dad, not loving <laughs> all the butt-fucking, fist-bumping, uh, cock-sucking action, but... Obviously well, let me we, apologize to what? What about Mr. the blucking action? <laughs> he did love the blucking. That's Adam Foster in San Diego. How, Adam, how are you? Um, fabulous. Uh, well, boys, <laughs> I gotta tell you, Canada is on fire, and New York City is getting the smoke right now. It is so brutal out there. What you're telling me, Mike, is it's just another day in New York. <laughs> <laughs> It is wild that when you when you live here at any moment you could turn on the news or to go on social media or whatever and just see that there is like a full on catastrophe outside your window. That's the crazy thing about living in Manhattan now. I have a uh, like a skylight in my bathroom, um, and I fancy. I usually, yeah, it is. It kind of remind. It it's a nice reminder that I, I I live in the the penthouse of a fourth floor walk up. <laughs> um. But with the window open, you go and take a shit in the morning and you just hear sirens constantly. And you know that there's like something happening somewhere in the city. And I live by the UN. Like there's all these parts of the city that are just constantly under duress. And I mean, but today really took the cake. I was not expecting. I looked outside the, my window and I thought it was like about to start pouring. No, it's not rain clouds. It's just smoke from the fires in Canada. <laughs> Entrenching New York City. You know what? What always drove me wild in New York is the amount of fire trucks I saw and the lack of fires that I saw. You never see too many real fires, do you? No. When they do happen, they're devastating. I remember yeah. one time in Bushwick, I saw an entire block burn down. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, did they, man, did they rent been... it out the next day? <laughs> <laughs> Newly <Yeah>. renovated. <laughs> it became yeah. an Antifa collective. The next day, they they came in and uh, yeah, they set up shop. I have two questions for you about these fires, Mike. Yep. Um, one, do you consider them an act of terrorism by Canada? <laughs> by Canada? Yeah. Want me to answer? Or wait for the second question. Uh, wait for the second one. And two, how does New York retaliate? Because after nine eleven, we invaded. Multiple countries, and by we, I mean people that people that I have nothing to do with. <laughs> yeah, um, you know what else I love about this story, and I'm just, and I'll let you answer the question, Mike. After is that this is clearly happening in 
six or seven other states bordering Canada and nobody gives a fuck. It's just about what's going on in New York. <laughs> That's right. It's got to be bad, like worse than like Vermont or, or like places closer to Canada. But it's not a story because who gives a shit, you know? Um, listen, man, I'll tell you what. Do I think it's an act of terror by Canada? Uh, it's about as close to it as they'll ever get. Um, <laughs> Canadians are like, you know, famously very nice. And um, uh, oh, sorry. Sorry, we're on fire. Sorry, yeah. we're burning down. Oh, oh God. Oh, gee. <laughs> right. But I think that in terms of retaliation, we're dealing with uh, with a, a, a new kind of New Yorker here, Matt. I mean, we're not dealing with when when 9-11 happened, there were real New Yorkers that still lived here. So that's true. When like obviously we were all pretty local, like we weren't in the city really, but we were in North, North Jersey or whatever. Um, you know the type of people that lived here when when the twin towers got hit and and um, Ground Zero was there and everything. That New York New Yorkers had like a real fuck you attitude. They're like we're we're gonna fuck up all who, who, any brown person that did this. We're going over there. We're gonna kick your ass. And that but was just that, Trump. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But now the people. Now, that- no, I was going to say now it's just some lady, some some girl in L.A. who's trying to make it up like a, who's trying to make it as an actress. And she's like, oh, my God, this must be just like 9-11. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, so I guess the revenge then, by taking pictures uh, and putting them on Instagram. Yeah, like a uh, hashtag boycott Canada, boycott maple syrup. But what? No. So what I was going to say was initially just ship a bunch of rats to Canada. Right. And then they'll have an infestation, but you're going to need the rats to eat up uh, all the buildings that eventually burn down when the embers from Canada come over. So what I think New York's response to this should just be gentrify Canada. Yeah. Yeah. What would it take for you to move to Canada, boys? Uh hmm. What would have to happen in your life that things got so bad? If Trump wins again, I'm going to Canada. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm I'm just not going. I mean, Matt, I, if think, someone gave me a about, free house, if someone yeah. gave me a free apartment in Toronto. I'd probably still live here in Chicago. Adam, is there an offer that can be made before you answer? Remember, they do have free health care. But they don't have a football team. But I could watch American football. I like it's Vancouver. Not, it's not the same. It's, Vancouver. It's a nice city. Oh, come on. Get out of here. If I had to, like, you know, what what would it take? I don't know. You'd have to kill my whole family and hold a gun to my head. But I wouldn't be totally upset in Vancouver. We can make that happen. I mean, after <laughs> gun all, to my this head. is the sports group. Gun to my head. Move to Canada. I tell you, I pull the trigger. I'd rather die here in New York than move to Canada. <laughs> rather be dead in New York than live in Canada. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk a little bit of sports. Uh, to open the show up, obviously, we always talk local, uh, our New York teams. Um, it's baseball season. That's the only thing that we got cooking right now. Um, the Mets are on literally in the shot behind me. Uh, as we record this, they are, oh, what do you know? They're losing one nothing. Uh, looked like Ozzy Albies hit a home run. They're playing the Braves, so I'm assuming they're going to get swept. Um, they just got swept um, by the, 
I don't even remember who they just put. Oh, the, the Blue Jays, speaking of Canada. Wow. He's got swept up. So Jesus playing, Christ, you're getting hammered by the fucking Canucks. Yeah, they really, it's, they're relentless. That's the real terrorist attack is, is a clean sweep at City Field. My God. Brutal. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that uh, the Mets are playing 500 ball. We're good to hit this under. They are not a playoff team. Uh, they're not going to make the playoffs. This is a bummer. Buck is out there arguing with a, a man, uh, an umpire right now over something. Uh, it's pathetic. It really is. This was a team that had like serious World Series aspirations. And every week I come back and report that things are not looking great. So what are you guys seeing with the Yankees? Well, they're down 3-2 right now to the Chicago White Sox. Mm. How have they been doing recently? How have they been doing recently? It's the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, I'm I'm watching it right now. The quarter mile. I'm barely paying attention to the podcast. Um, <laughs> what else is new? They're they're doing <laughs> they're doing. I would say they're still good. I would say that they are. They have promise. They're playing well against good teams. Judge got injured. He broke his freaking toe, which kind of obviously sucks. Actually, he didn't break his toe. We don't know what what it is yet. But I don't know. It sounds like it doesn't sound great if we don't know at this point. That's I will say that. Like, I thought we were going to get results this morning, and now we don't have shit. Um, of course, <laughs> just just as soon as Judge gets injured, Stanton's back and healthy. It's like, we cannot... That's like the key to the team there. And, and Rizzo's been playing really well, but the key to the team is Judge and Stanton, both in the lineup, right? The stat that they always say when they're fucking both healthy is the Yanks are 29-2 and two when Judge and Stanton both home run. Yeah. Hit a home run. Sure. That's the fucking one-two punch of the Yankees, and it's it's never in place. Um, and the Rays are just still crushing it. So, do you think there's any chance that Judge's toe is broken, and they're just like not releasing that information yet? I think there's got to be something that's requiring further tests. Because I mean, why else? I know he ran into that fence, and. I've broken my foot before. It takes, I mean, you don't, you can't really hide it. Um, I can't imagine that he's like going to be able to play for another month. If his toe is broken, there's no way. I broke my toe when I was about 17. I was playing basketball with no shoes. I was wearing Tim's and I ran into a pickup game and I couldn't wear Tim's in this game, obviously. So I was playing barefoot and I broke my toe. And let me tell you something. To this day, I feel like that's the only thing that kept me off the New York Yankees. <laughs> you still can't even get a tryout. Not with the Bucks. not with the Yanks. Doesn't matter who's injured, who retires. None of these teams will even retweet me. God. Wow. Not even a, not even a retweet. Nope. Not even a quote tweet. But I digress. Uh, you know... 29 and 2 when both guys hit a home run. What a wild stat that is. Yeah, it's the when magic both guys baby. hit a home run in the same game. Of course. Stanton really is an interesting case, man, because he's he is such Dude, a he's the fucking, DeGrom. Yes. He's the DeGrom he of fucking <laughs> batters. He really is. Cuz dude, like uh we're going to talk about DeGrom in a second, but this has really gotten me. I, I want to look at Stanton's stats real quick because, I mean, when he was coming out of uh, Miami, I mean, dude, when when he played down there, uh, he he 
watching him play against well, the Mets was when one he was of down the, there. He was Mike Stanton. Yes. Which is just a side hilarious thing that his name was Mike. And then he's like, I'm going. And then he decides to go by Giancarlo. Well, I think his name's Giancarlo, but he was going by Mike. Like, yeah. What did he think? (laughs) What was he concerned with? I don't know. I I, well, I mean, joining the Yankees. Well, this is I think it was before he he joined the Yankees. He was uh, still Mike. But obviously, Mike Stanton was a relief pitcher. Um, Right. How many home runs on top of your head, Adam? Uh, how many home runs do you think he has in his career? I'm going to say 350. He has 383. Dude. Home runs. Okay. I was actually going to first guess 380, but I was like, man, that just sounds too high. I was legitimately going to guess 380. He, he is. If he hadn't had these injuries, man, like he is probably a first ballot hall of famer and he still might get there. I mean, I guess what what would what would guarantee you the Hall of Fame? Five hundred home runs, being Mike Trout. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Uh, I I don't know, man. I think that he if he manages to stay healthy for the the remainder of his career, I think that has a real shot at it. But this is one of the the conversations that was happening around Degrom today because there was this whole um, so. This was a conversation that was happening around DeGrom today because it was announced that he's going to have to get uh, Tommy John surgery, Jacob DeGrom. Um, Obviously, a couple days ago, it was announced that he was going to go on the 60-day DL, but then it it escalated in the last, I don't know, 48 hours or so. And he gave this very emotional press conference today where he was fighting back tears, um, you know, because he wants to be out there pitching for the Rangers, who are playing great so far this year. They're one of the best teams in baseball. Uh, and you know, he wants to be a part of it. He wants to be out there, but unfortunately he, uh, is going to be out probably until sometime in the middle of next year. And it's wild because as a Mets fan, there was obviously a lot of conversation during the off season about whether or not he should be re-signed and whether or not the Mets made a mistake by not re-signing him. Um, and I had very conflicted feelings about it because he's one of our homegrown guys, two Cy Youngs. You know, one he's the second Met to do that, but other than Tom Seaver. So I personally had these mixed feelings. Um, and then when he went to Texas, I was having all these conversations with my dad where it was just like, man, uh, it sucks that he's going to walk and he's not going to retire as a Met. But like, they gave him five years. I think the contract's five years, 185 million. A lot of money for a guy that really hasn't pitched a ton in the last couple seasons and is now hurt again and will miss the remainder of this season and at least half of next season if he really comes back at all. Uh, I was reading this article in the in the Athletic. Uh, I I can't give credit to whoever it is because my computer is not cooperating right now. But it was really good. Uh, and basically, the whole article was just about uh, it was talking about Jacob deGrom in past tense as if his career was kind of <laughs> over. It was just like Jacob deGrom's talent was blah, 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 like was electric. The pitcher. Was, yeah. The pitcher formerly known as Jacob deGrom. <laughs> yeah. It's just so weird, man. Like, I don't have we really seen that a lot with with players where it's just kind of like. You know you're watching greatness, and then but you know that they're just they cannot stay healthy, and you kind of know that we're not seeing the best version of them. Andrew well, Luck, yeah, Andrew Luck's a good one. This 
This happened with friend of the show uh, last year, Mike, Michael Trout. Remember, he had that weird back thing and they, you know, there was like, oh, he's never going to play again. And then he's like, guys, I'm fine. And now he's back. Friend of the show, Mike Trout. Now he's back playing the best baseball of anyone who's ever played the game. Ever. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's weird uh, to just kind of lose it in your prime. Due to injury, uh, yeah, I mean, Andrew Luck is another notable one. Terrell Davis retired when he was still on top. I mean, you can kind of say Bo Jackson, but the Bo Jackson's injury was like a like a freak injury kind of where, right. uh, you know, he like he snaps his something in his Derek hip. Rose. Yeah, Derek Rose, I think also just like guys that kind of Mark Pryor. Stay. Yeah. Kerry Wood. That's an oldie. So there are guys. Kerry Wood. There. But this is the thing. So it's like we were just talking about Stanton being if he like if he was just a little healthier, he's probably going to the Hall of Fame. DeGrom, it's it's the same thing. Like DeGrom was really hoping for these last five years in Texas to be kind of like the thing that solidified his legacy to get him to the Hall of Fame. Because if you look at the numbers when he was with the Mets, Unfortunately, a lot of it comes down to the fact that like he was on some Mets teams that just didn't hit like mm. he would go out. This was like I, and I do feel bad for him in this regard because he was pretty loyal to the Mets for a pretty long time. And he was on some teams in like 20, 2017 and, and like who just like he would go out there and pitch like a one hitter and they just they would lose one nothing, you know, and he'd get the loss. And there were a lot of DeGrom performances like that that sort of got wasted. Um, and Well, his whole career was a waste thanks to the Mets, is what you're saying. I'm not not saying it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, it's... it's I, uh, I wouldn't and go... And I agree with you. That far. <laughs> I don't know that I would go that far, but it's like... Uh, yeah, man. We like, should erase his name from from the baseball history forever, <laughs> <laughs> dude. It's just like it, and, and now it's so conflicting to watch him play on another team because it's like, uh, you know, I wanted him to retire as a Met. It would have been very special, I think. But at the same time, it's obviously paid off that they didn't give him the money. Well, it it was so conflicting to watch him. Now I'm sure you don't regret that decision at all no but this is the thing so this is why it's also conflicting like i don't Mm. regret the decision to not sign him but it's weird man when you want to there's a part of you that wants to root against a guy and you find yourself in the situation where you're like almost happy that he's like like already year one of this texas contract is bust and it's like right year it's like you broke up with a girl too right and she got hit. And by broke up with the girl. A lot of weight. Yeah, right. she put on a. She got, or she was in a bad accident. She got a bad right. burn like six months later. And you're like, <laughs> I mean, I it it sucks to see it happen, but right. It, you know, true it, story. <laughs> I dated a girl one time. I went on a couple dates with this girl. Uh, didn't work out, and then a couple years later, she had a miscarriage. Whoa. Oof. So basically, she she's kind of like my Jacob Degrom. Yeah, <laughs> the one that got yeah, it. Anyway, we, maybe our, maybe we should cut that. <laughs> nah, leave it in. But uh, no, I don't I, know, man. Degrom is. It's such a weird. I was just like looking up his 
His, what is his career record? What do you guys think is it's his not career high. record? Uh, two and two. No, it's <laughs> like he's probably like he's probably like ninety six and fifty or something. Dude, it's not even that good. It's eighty four and fifty seven. Wow, that's worse than I thought. But his war, he doesn't even his, have a hundred wins. His, you know what his war is though. His war is forty two point five. So that, in in my opinion, that makes him the greatest pitcher of all time. Can you imagine <laughs> if we got to see? It'll probably never happen now. But can you imagine if we got to see Jacob Degrom pitching to Mike Trout? I don't know what would happen because, like, they're the, you know, it would I think blow it my had mind. to have happened this year. No. I don't know, but I'm just saying it's like a fantasy of mine. The two greatest to ever do it. Facing off. Yeah. The confirmed two greatest baseball players ever confirmed by the nerds. You add their war together. There's not even a number big enough. (laughs) You said that number for war. I was like, is that good? I don't even know. I, yeah, no, right. I was hoping one of you guys would tell me if that was good or not. I I have have no no idea. I, I have no idea. Did, I just I, all the thing I know about war is it's bad. What like, is it good generally? For? I yeah. What <laughs> pitching? Absolutely hitting? nothing. Uh, I want to say one more thing about yeah. uh, baseball before we move on because we had a very nice discussion about Giancarlo Stanton, aka yep. formerly known as Mike Stanton. Yeah. Fun fact about me: I actually met, and actually, I'd like to do a quick shout out. To the person I was with at the time, friend of the show, the great Nick Sabatello in Las Vegas. Shout out, great, Nick. great, great man. Uh, Nick and I met Mike Stanton at the Palisades Mall in New York State when we were about uh, nine and ten. Hmm. Oh, the actual yeah. Mike Stanton, like yeah, the yeah, relief not, not John Carlo under a false uh, witness protection name. Uh, <laughs> the actual <coughs> Mike Stanton. He was coming out of an elevator. We were going in. And then as we got into the elevator, Nick said, did you know who that was? I was like, who? He's like, that was Mike Stanton. I said, wow. <laughs> I do, by the way, like the thought that Giancarlo went by Mike. Giancarlo <laughs> went by Mike because he was he had a pass to the mob. <laughs> hey, I know what that is. That's Giancarlo. He's like, it's Mike. <laughs> That's why he can't stay healthy because he got his knees broken yeah. so many times. Yeah. New York was the worst place for him. Should have right? stayed in Miami. We're moving on here. We we have a huge story in sports and geopolitics to discuss. Um, it was breaking news this morning. By the time you hear it, it won't be breaking, but it will still be pretty wild. The PGA and the Live Golf Tour are merging. The deal obviously increases Saudi Arabia's influence in golf. The partnership is a major victory for Saudi ambitions in sports, but the announcement split players. PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan described his meeting with golfers late in the afternoon as, quote, unquote, heated. Uh, just get some initial reactions here to this news. Adam, you were the one that broke it to us in the group. So what are you, what right. are you thinking? What are you seeing? What are you feeling? Yeah, I think my initial thoughts went to, what does this mean for the LPGA now that the Saudis have <laughs> taken control of it? My guess my guess is that we're looking at a lot of rule change of por- rule changes, of course, no short skirts. You got to cover your face. You have to ask your husband's permission before putting the ball. You right. know, 
And I, certainly no carts allowed. Absolutely not. And and yeah, they, they're not allowed to drive. <laughs> they just got to walk. They're yeah. not allowed to drive the carts now. That's. And if they miss a putt, hand chopped off yeah. immediately. Hey, before today, did you guys know that the PGA was a nonprofit organization? A nonprofit is that that's that's real. The it is PGA a five hundred one c three charity. Hmm. Interesting. Did you know that? I did no. not know that a league that pays its players millions and millions and millions of dollars and has millions and millions of dollars of sponsorships was classified in the same way as the YMCA. Did not yeah. know that. Dude, Rolex is a nonprofit as well. Is that true? hundred And Rolex yeah. probably sponsors the PGA. They do. What a scam it's all, this country is, truly. Yeah. That's why you can't really be mad that the Saudis are doing this, because this country is a scam anyway. So it's like other people want to get in on the scam. You know what I mean? Well, and- that's, the, that's the thing about this whole thing, man. It's like the two, it's probably the two groups of people that I hate the most uh, coming together to do just despicable, deplorable business. Uh, Terrorists the and golfers and white people that <laughs> like like work at country clubs and and are participate in country clubs. Uh, you they hate just, that group of people the most. I do. They should just oh, call yeah. it like elitist white people. Absolutely. Are you kidding, Matt? How many times have we had this conversation about why it's oh, so yeah. hard for us to golf for this reason? Yeah, just being around that level of waspiness, you know, like uh, put aside the fact that golf's not a real sport and, you know, we've done tons of content on that. Of, that It'll be course. on Patreon one day. Right. Right. Put aside the fact that it's not a real sport. It's fucking boring to watch. And it's just it's an elitist activity. And the idea like this is now the ultimate elitist organization. Yes. You have oil money and Wall Street money yep. coming together. I mean, honestly, I, I think this is just a front for Davos and the Bilderberg Group. Honestly, dude. I mean, it's it's obviously sports washing, and and this was for like sure. the most successful uh, uh, version of this. I mean, I think the World Cup was considered sports washing for the Qataris, however you say Qatar, whatever. Those guys. They say cutter. I, I heard that's the actual <laughs> pronunciation. Cutter. Uh, who knows? Your guess is as good as mine. But um, I'm just trying to be politically correct. Exactly. We are politically though though we are. That's vulgar, the important thing. Yeah. It's we, the important thing when when you're talking about a uh oil money, blood money organization that funded nine eleven. The important thing is to be politically correct. Yeah. I mean they kill journalists, but we take the high road. Yeah. Well, the timeline also is is wonky, right? I mean, the the, the uh, what is it? LVA, right? That's what it is. L- L- um, LIV, the Live Tour. LIV, they came out, and there was a whole a whole issue with players playing in the LIV. So, what's going on in the background here now? Because the PGA clearly was threatened, and mm-hmm. and the LIV clearly was successful at you know doing whatever they wanted to do to make this shit happen. So here's the thing: from everything I was reading. Uh, neither of those things were true. Uh, I, I the live tour is like a failure. They they didn't have any the the rights that they had for for streaming and broadcasting was on the CW. Nobody was watching it. They were getting the CW. <laughs> yes, that's where no because nobody would do business with the Saudis. 
Wow. So that's crazy. Like they couldn't get a deal with Hulu yes. or, or yep. anybody. They were on that's the CW, CW streaming app and they were getting they wouldn't you wouldn't see the end of the events because the CW would preempt them for original programming. So like the CW would be like, listen, we get it. This is like you're doing your, you know, Qatar open or whatever you're doing. But we have to run the flash. Uh, yeah, we've got Maury yeah. coming up. Right. You know, so we have to get rid of we have to we have to cut you guys off early. So they were not. And then you got you have to think about all the money that they spent on these golfers too, because that's the one thing that the PGA up to this point hadn't done. They weren't they weren't paying. So to my knowledge, I'm pretty sure the way that this all worked and the way that the PGA was able to operate, and I don't know if I'm 100 percent right on this, but I don't think that the PGA is directly paying the golfers. I think that the majors are owned by specific. It's like a third party ownership, and the PGA is like partner with the majors, which is why the live golfers were able to play in the majors because the PGA was, they were saying that anybody that took the the Saudi money was no longer in the PGA, which is a whole, that's a whole other problem that's going to get kicked up now because Brooks Kepka took his 70 million or however much he made and was banished from the PGA. And now he's back on the PGA and he made his $70 million up front. That's amazing. Yeah. So Tiger Woods was offered $800 million to join Liv, and Rory McIlroy was also offered some astronomical amount of money, and they didn't do it on principle because they didn't want to be a part of this whole thing, and they were like anti-Saudi, and they they like believed in the PGA, whatever. And Well, so Tiger, Tiger Woods, in his defense, he knew if he was offered $800 million, it was really only going to be $400 because he was going to lose half of it in his next divorce anyway. <laughs> right. right? So, so he's thinking ahead. Right. Yeah. Right. It was an he's economic like, move it. for him. Yeah, but I mean, like, listen, man, like, ha- that's why these golfers are so pissed because like they were basically they were forced to make a decision and they chose the moral high ground to not side with Saudi Arabia and, and to not take that extra money. Meanwhile, Brooks Kepka and Phil Mickelson got fucking paid and are right back in the PGA. They're they're right back in all the majors. That's so crazy. Adam, this kind of reminds me of a situation that you and I went through once upon a time. Oh yeah, you know, and Adam and, and, and we I were on the, and, and we were we were on the Phil Mickelson and uh, uh, <laughs> whatever Kepka? it is, uh, Brooks Kepka we side. We certainly of this were. Shit. We certainly were. Who'd you guys want to go into because, any detail on that? Because we know what's what. I I don't think we do. <laughs> yeah, legally we can't, but we'll just say that we got paid. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Did that? Uh, you know what? I won't even broach the subject. Um, Listen, but, if we're going to talk about it, it's got to be on Patreon. You got to pay yeah. for. You got to pay for the violation of the NDA, right? You know. Um. So I mean, this is. I think this is the most interesting golf story that we've had in ever. years. Yeah, maybe ever. Um. Dude, I mean, golf is still to this day like it's still following Tiger Woods half the time. Being in like fifty first place, people are still more interested in what he's doing than what's actually happening. Then who's winning the the major? Yeah, right. It's Tiger Woods or a scandal. That's the only thing gone. That's that's the only. And sometimes it's sometimes they're both intertwined. A Tiger Woods scandal, and that's the biggest money maker of them all. But and that's the thing, Mike. That's what doesn't make sense to me, right? Is this there's a seemingly there's this conflict between the LIV and the PGA, and how did this end up happening? It's it's it's, it's, it's just, like if you it's if it's like if if you you know Ukraine ends up buying Russia or something like that and Russia's like all right we're part of you now it's like it, what it's not though it, it'd be like if China <laughs> bought Russia 
Like it, it would be because this is the thing, dude. I think all this really proves in the end from everything that I've read. Granted, I was not I'm not an expert in what's happening in this situation. But from the early reports of what I've read and what I've seen and kind of like like watched other people talk about the it sounded like because there was there were lawsuits that were happening, too, that I think were moving slow. And, and the Saudis just didn't really want a part of they didn't want to be investigated further in any kind of antitrust uh, uh, lawsuits because that was. I believe the Saudis were suing the PGA for antitrust laws. So I think basically the Saudis kind of leveraged the lawsuit saying, like, if you let us buy you, then this lawsuit goes away. The Saudi king or the Saudi prince didn't want to be deposed. Um, So they basically were just like, listen, 800 million is nothing to us or whatever, you know, whatever they offered to whatever they ended up buying. So not only did they had buy, to be more than 800 million. You yeah, said they were giving Tiger 800. Yeah, I, I just pulled that number because I was thinking of Tiger. I want to see what the price is. Yeah, I don't know if that's been announced. Oh, wait, well, they're calling it a merger here. Yeah, but it's that's, yeah. That's such a euphemism. It's not, this is a straight buyout. It's not like, a merger. Is, yeah, it's a buyout. Because yeah. what happens now is the so the PGA gets to stay a five hundred three c not like a nonprofit. They get to remain a charity. But now the Saudis come in as the financial arm of like the for profit. So that's what the merger is. The merger is the PGA gets to stay the charity and and gets to stay. In, in their okay, so it's status. an organizational merge, and the merger, merge. the the Saudis come in, and they are the for profit business arm of golf in America. Basically, that's the merger. So yes, the Saudis bought the PGA. I'm looking at this article on NBC News, and uh, it's by David K. Lee and Rob Weil. Shout so, out, friends of the show. Exciting shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they are friends. now. And I love what they said here. They said uh, the PGA Tour and Saudi-backed LIV Golf announced a merger Tuesday in a stunning end to their bitter rivalry on the fairways and the courts on the ge- on the geopolitical stage. PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan, who once said playing in LIV events would warrant an apology, said the deal would benefit the sport. <laughs> it's like, how much money do they pay you, Jay? That's so good. I love when people just show their ass like that. You, you have no principles, no morals. You'll take the blood money when push comes to shove. Like That's he's great. at the podium and like you can't see, you know, his the bottom half of his body. There's just a Saudi. The Saudi prince has his fist <laughs> up his ass. And he's like, this is really good for all it. of us. <laughs> So bad. I mean, dude, I, I think that um, uh, I, there's been talks about this guy getting oust, ousted as the uh, the commissioner of the PGA. But I'm I'm just assuming now, man, like there is just no fucking chance that it matters. How, like Adam's right. How much money did you make off of this whole thing? Like it's crazy, man. If they get involved in sports everywhere, I don't see why they wouldn't and why they can't like. There is just so much money. Uh, And again, there is a bit of a conflict here because like I personally hate the Saudis. I do think that they're like responsible for uh, financing 9-11 and uh, they do some really horrible shit that they just don't get held accountable for. But like kill journalists, kill anyone who's gay, Uh, probably just crimes against humanity in in general. Yeah, but like it's basically people are forced into slavery there and stuff. The fucked up thing is that like our government 
does shit too. So it puts us in this situation where right. it's like it's so hard to be holier than thou because there's they're sports washing, but like in a way, that's kind of what we're doing by sending like, you know, like baseball teams to Puerto Rico and uh you know, basketball teams to to fucking China and and all these places, you know. How do you how do yeah. you be an American business and not do business with China? Like you uh go out of business basically right um i don't know about you guys but i can say whatever i want you know why because i took a knee during the national anthem (laughs) okay (laughs) so i am allowed to criticize anybody and you knew that was going to come in handy matt that and i'm not virtue signaling by the way (laughs) um but uh here's a great headline about it this is from uh Various esteemed news organization TMZ says 9-11 families united deeply offended by PGA live merger. Saudi shills. <laughs> it is great. I mean, it's they tried to buy the WWE. Remember, that was like a big rumor. I don't know if yes. you guys heard that. Yeah. Yeah. But then they sold to uh, the Endeavor, which was good. For Dana White to uh, MBS, for sure. But now, so Matt, why could the Saudis not still buy all of it? All of They want to. Like, what is it, Mike? Like Endeavor just, and WWE and MMA. Oh, they probably could. I mean, if, if they really, you like, know, I mean, I guess if they made a big enough offer, probably. It's like, I think they're, the thing is, they're going to have to overpay because it's such a bad look for anybody to deal with that government and that country. <coughs> they have to overpay by so much. I remember I read an article where it said, so the WWE has run a few shows in Saudi Arabia, I think like four or five shows, and they've made more money off those four or five shows than they have every WrestleMania ever. Yeah. And WrestleMania has been around for like 40 years. So they're just throwing crazy money at people. Yeah. How much would it let me ask you guys a question. How much would it take to go to take our show away from Slickback Studios and exclusively go to Saudi? I was trying to come up with something clever. It was just say Saudi Studios. Saudi Studios? To turn Slickback Studios into Saudi Studios? How Uh, much, Mike? Man. I'm sitting here right now because there's no offer and and saying it would take I want the tiger deal. If we're talking eight hundred million, if we're talking eight hundred million, we can have a conversation. But seriously, because Tiger Tiger Woods has won what, like 18 majors or something like that. Saudis, if you're listening, I'll do it for a hundred (laughs) bucks. No, listen, Tiger Woods has, I think, one. Adam, we're majors. dead if we do business with the Saudis. We're Jews. Mm. Eh. Doesn't bother you? You know, if you can't beat them, join them. That's what I say. <laughs> okay. Matt, I'm sorry for cutting you off. What were you saying? It's all good. Listen, I know that we got serious things to consider because a buyout is coming. I was going to say... <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, I think Tiger Woods has won 18 majors. I have no idea if that's true. I'm just guessing. Yeah. But he's won 18 majors. This is our sixth podcast. Mm-hmm. So if my math is correct, that's one third 
of what Tiger's done winning majors. We've done recording podcasts. Tiger's offered 800 million. That means we should get 800 divided by three. What is that? Like 267? All right. So 267 million. I think that's a fair offer. I, I, my share needs to be higher because I have the LLC. All right, all right. So you get, I need a, I need a bigger piece of the pie. So two, so two sixty seven. Me and Adam will each get fifty million, and then you get one hundred sixty seven million. I think I can I can think about it for that price, bro. Don't be a fucking it. tiger. Don't be but, a fucking but this Tiger is the thing, Woods. Man, this is why I feel Don't bad for these Rory golfers. McElwood. Like we're literally having this like like fake conversation. Oh, you about feel it. bad for them. You this feel is bad fake? for Tiger. There's no, offer? no, I don't feel. Yeah, I do. Well, I don't. I don't feel bad for Tiger as much, but I feel bad for like the the guys under Tiger. There were guys that weren't getting offered eight hundred million who basically did this for the sake of integrity and for the sake of staying in the PGA Tour. Uh, and they got fucked like Brooks Kepka. This is literally like, dude, what this represents is literally everything that I hate about like rich people. But like, can I say it like Brooks Kepka? Ha- granted, yes. The, like, this is the thing. The, the business people will look at this and say that guy had such brilliant foresight to take the money and then join live. And then their, their PGA, the merger happens anyway. And now he's back in the PGA tour and he makes his 70 million or whatever the, the number was. But that is like such an asshole, rich kid thing to do to just be like, Oh, let me, big time for sure. Let me take the money from these fucking scumbags and just roll the dice. And like worst case scenario, I have my money. So what doesn't really make a difference. And then you have these guys that stood on their integrity that from everything I heard found out about this merger on Twitter. They found out when the rest of the world found out they weren't consulted. There, there was no like they got a press release that was just like, hey, we're, we're part of live golf now. Imagine you were in this situation where you turn down this money and then you get you see a press release when you wake up and you're having your coffee. and You go, what the fuck? I could have gotten 50 million dollars from the Saudis and now I work for them anyway. That's why you take the money. Sounds a, sounds a lot like, uh, John. (laughs) (laughs) That's a deep cut for only a few people in this world. But, Oh my, but like Matt, I mean, I know we're, we're having fun. We are. Would you, would you really take Saudi money? Let's say this mergers for real. This, this Saudi studios merger. Could you actually take it? No, I know the type of person that you are. So I would take it and I would then just create the anti-Saudi podcast network. (laughs) I would take the money and I would stay here in America. They have no jurisdiction over me. And then I would just my whole persona would be I ripped them off. I'm not actually going to do business with them. United States is obviously not going to extradite me over to Saudi Arabia. Right. And okay, so I can't travel to the Middle East. And th- that's what I would do. So I would take it and I would fuck them over. You know, there'd be a non-compete in that contract, though. What are, what are they, they going to do? They're going to stop me from broadcasting here from the United States? They'd probably just stop the payments, I would think. They don't give it to you in one check. 
Well, then I wouldn't take it. Uh, so that's the caveat. I would only take the money if it was one you want a lump sum. Lump, yeah, I want one lump sum. Okay. And I also want a percentage of Saudi Aramco or whatever the, the energy company is. Yeah, you want equity. Absolutely. All right. Well, you've talked me into it. I, I think if, if Saudi Studios comes calling, I think we could take the meeting. Which they will. As long as we're planning on ripping them off. If we're going to rip them off, I'm with it. Absolutely. And I, I honestly, I think the only reason why they haven't come calling yet is because the PGA caved so quickly. Like if there would have <laughs> been any sort of pushback from the PGA, yeah. we would be talking about our own deal on yeah. our own podcast. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. Oh, man. All right. Any final thoughts on this before we take a break? I think we I think we beat the shit out of that topic. And <laughs> I'm just spat on its face, Mikey. <laughs> I'm going to go Are watch Team America. Him? I'm spent. Let's take a fucking break. Go <laughs> get a spin drift. We're going to I wish I had a spin drift right now. God, I'm so I'm so parched. Uh, on the other side mm. of the break, we're going to be talking about uh, Shannon Sharp leaving Skip Bayless in the morning. And we're also going to give you a quick tech update. Obviously, you're listening to a sports show for a tech update. Um, so we'll give you that on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. All right, we're back on Sports Group. Uh, huge news this week. Shannon Sharp is leaving. I don't know if it's... It can't be number one. It's probably the number two show behind First Take, but he's leaving Skip Bayless in the mornings on, on FS1, undisputed. Um... Obviously, you see all the social media clips. Uh, they go at it all the time. It seemed for a really long time that they were kind of pals and they had a level of respectability uh, amongst each other. But I don't know if it started before the um, who was the guy in the bills who got DeMar Hamlin. Yes. I don't know if yeah. it started before the DeMar Hamlin incident, but obviously uh, DeMar Hamlin had that that horrific injury on the field. And uh, Skip Bayless tweeted immediately, like, what? You said a horrible injury on the field. I think uh, what you meant to say was he got vaccinated. (laughs) (laughs) There are a lot of DeMar Hamlin conspiracies. Have you seen this? Oh, dude, people think he's not. People think he's dead. dead. Yeah. This is another person. Yes. It is so nuts. Yeah. I love it. It's really insane. I mean, because for a while they were saying like there there was that one week they had him in like the suite at the at the Bills game. They were like, we didn't actually see him. There was just a guy waving from the suite and he's always wearing sunglasses and like all this stuff. Really funny shit. Um, That's a different conversation. I I do love people that want to take the amount of it, like to take the effort to believe that thing and gather what they think is evidence to yeah. prove their point. <laughs> yeah. Well, Skip was one of the people that uh, was saying that the the NFL shouldn't cancel the game. Uh, he said it pretty much immediately. And it seemed like Shannon Sharp took serious offense to that uh, on the show. The, the day after it happened, he didn't show up. He didn't uh, come do the show. And then the day after, he made an, a statement about uh, how he thought that Skip should have shut his fucking mouth and not said anything. Um, and it seems like it's kind of been all downhill from there. So he's getting, he's working on a buyout on his contract with Fox. Um, and obviously he's going to have to be replaced on the show. So the question that I thought immediately was who could possibly replace him? Shannon Sharp's great on that show. 
Uh, I have a very short list of people. I was wondering, do you guys have your lists? Yeah, I have one person in mind who I think could really do a great job. Same. Okay, mm-hmm. I have two. You, what, Matt, why don't you go first? I mean, I think it's obvious. Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All if right. If there's anything Make you know about Kevin Hart, he needs he needs a little bit more exposure. Right. He hasn't been up to much lately. Good point. And he has really like he believes everything he says. Yeah. That's another thing. What I love about that pick, Matt, is despite how unqualified Kevin Hart is, if they offered him the job, you know he'd fucking do it. Oh, absolutely. He wouldn't go, no, that's not my wheelhouse. So you could be watching Undisputed and you could be watching Kevin Hart on Undisputed and then you can see Kevin Hart in a Chase commercial and then you could see Kevin Hart on a DraftKings commercial and then you could see Kevin Hart on a Pepsi commercial back to Undisputed with Kevin Hart. Absolutely. It's, and then you can you know, see the trailer for his third Jumanji movie. It's the definition of the matrix. Yeah. You're right. You're just stuck in the loop. There's no way out. <laughs> and then eventually Skip fuck? Bayless, Skip gets forced out for the first time ever. And then who do they bring in to replace Skip? The Rock. Right. And then it's just Jumanji <laughs> on Undisputed. Yeah. And it's like, undisputedly, the two biggest shills. I mean, I love The Rock, but, you know. I mean, you got to call it like you see it on that one. I mean, The yeah. Rock is, is The Rock and Kevin Hart are, are two peas in a pod. Two, they'll sell anything. It's a bit much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adam, who do you got? I only got one pick here. Let me just uh, pull it up. Um, hmm. I don't know if I should say the pick first or if I should give you the the case first. I'm going to give you the case first. And then uh, we have to guess the pick? I think s- you could guess the pick. I don't think you're going to guess it. Okay. But I'm talking about somebody who's – the person that I'm, that I'm talking about is unpredictable, wild, um, potentially dangerous – uh, the reason that I agree uh, that I think that this could be the potential person, it is an ex NFL player. Okay. Um, because mm-hmm. I don't like Skip. I don't really watch the show, but I don't like the way he looks. And I didn't appreciate the comment that he made. I thought it was pretty lame. Um, so I want him to work with someone who's like actually unstable, so that when he tries to like get excited, like the other guy will escalate it even worse every single time and make it mm. more of a problem. And so that's. I'll, some guesses, please. Uh, Mike, you go first. You guys uh, have one guess each. One guess each. Damn it! Oh, yeah. Matt, I know the guy, and I can't think of his name. Um, is he an active NFL player? Ex NFL player, friend of the show. Oh, right. Damn, there's so many. That's a huge list. Um, there's so many people who are friends of the show. <laughs> I know. I am gonna Fuck. say. Richie Incognito. No. Damn. All right. I'm going to go with number 84, A.B., Antonio Brown. There we go, baby. (laughs) Yes, yes. Nice. I want him to come on set naked. I want them to go at it. I want them to go at it like an episode of Maury and the security guards have to hold them both back. Yeah. I want the episode to get heated to that level. That's oh, a good yeah. one, Matt. Absolutely. Adam. 
Antonio Brown is going to be sexually harassing Skip Bayless live <laughs> on air. He's just going to come on. He'll have like a jacket with nothing on underneath like he's known to do. He'll just start swinging it around. Well, because you know that uh, uh, Skip's also had so much to say about Antonio Brown throughout the years. He's oh, yeah. crazy. He's black. I don't like him. You know, all those things. So mostly those obviously, three. Yeah, those three for sure. I think Antonio Brown holds it against him, and literally, I would love to see he's going to take it out of his pants and yeah. hold it against him. Yeah. All right. Well, I have two. All right, let's um, hear. It. One of them, there's no way you'll guess. So I'll do the one. I'll give you try to give you guys some hints to one of them. Obviously, to start off, of course, he is a friend of the show. Uh, that goes without saying. Um, my guy is also a bit unhinged. He's been mentioned on this show before also. Um, he has played an athlete in movies, and he is said to have been good enough to have been perhaps a minor league baseball pitcher. That's what people on the set of uh, the sports movie that he was in have said about him. He does love to party. Uh, he has no problem putting his opinions out there. Uh, uh, I know who this is. It's Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Ooh. Charlie Sheen and Skip Bayless. Okay. Undisputed. Yeah. Fuck I, yeah. I mean, there's no way that wouldn't be good for two weeks. Oh, and yeah. And Sheen would just <laughs> stop showing up, right? Maybe they pull it like the Daily Show. They just have rotating co-hosts. Yeah. One week you have Charlie Sheen. The next week you have Anna Nicole Smith. Just Wait, unstable. Live anymore. Every week is another unstable celebrity. Paris Hilton. Just perilous Skip Bayless. Yeah. <laughs> just turn it into Flavor a reality Flavor. show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a reality show where they all got to audition and Skip eventually picks the host. Yeah. And then uh, my, my second pick here, uh, I think this would make for great television and would be a real first because we have not had an openly gay uh, uh, sports commentary person have we can you think of one is that well does this Man. show count as commentary <laughs> <laughs> we've obviously i think we've had female commentators um uh that are openly gay on uh television talking about the WNBA specifically but i don't think we've had any openly gay male commentators and this is another guy that i'm not convinced that he really knows anything about sports but that doesn't really matter to me because okay. what this gig is all about is really is is poise, having some level of dignity against somebody mm. with no dignity in Skip Bayless and somebody who's not going to back down. Okay. And I'm thinking Tom Ford would be great on TV with Tom Skip Ford. Bayless. He's gay, but he's super masculine. Um, I think that he wouldn't take any shit from Skip Bayless especially the way Skip Bayless dresses. Tom Tom Ford would be right in his ass telling him, Skip, you look terrible today. I'm Skip Tom Ford. dress look bad. I think it's honestly sneakers. I don't know anything about Tom Ford. Really? I, when you said Tom Ford, I was like, that's a real person. I thought that like Tom Ford was just the brand, the name of the brand. Have you not? You've never seen any of these Tom Ford interviews? Never. They're unbelievable. He's so smart. Hmm. And he's so fucking funny, and he's so gay, and he but he's so why, straight. Why don't you just Why don't you just host the show with him then, huh? I would love to. 
Once we get that Saudi money, we'll be able to pay Tom Ford. That's right. Yeah. All right. I think that's the end of this segment. <laughs> Anything else? Anything <laughs> else you it. want to add? Can I just no, say I before think, we move on? I think on, we nailed it. I, I'm really ready for Skip to go. Um, I think Skip is horrible. Skip's the worst. I think Stephen A. does what Skip does so much better. Uh, Absolutely. Elevates it to such an art form, and Skip is just such a horrible hack. Um, and it's just kind of a the bummer. The thing is, Skip has never been good. Yeah. Like, it's he's true. never... I think Skip, is, to me, is... Skip is kind of like the the... He's kind of like the Epstein of the sports world. He must just have a lot of shit on a lot of people to just, they just keep him around. He's not talented. He's not funny. He's not authentic. He's not genuine. He's not smart. He he's not a have good, good journalist. Takes. So I almost feel like he probably could be a friend of the show. But <laughs> I, I guess, well, we'd love no, to seriously. have him. He's he does. I mean, he's suck. a hack, he, but he come on the show. Yeah, he's got. He he might have more Twitter followers than me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that the these uh, there can only be one of those shows. Uh, and give me Stephen A. over Skip any day. Yeah, I'm, we need I'm less I'm of those Stephen shows. A. Or die. Um. All right, we're gonna close out the show this week talking a little tech, Adam specifically. Uh, pitch the topic for the first time in six weeks, which was yeah. uh, a refreshing change of pace. Uh, well, mo- at- most of the topics I pitch have to do with things with product that cost money that we don't have. Yeah, like what was your True. last pitch? Like, l- I'm like, let's go to st- let's go front row to sports events, and we'll talk about it live at the event. I'm like, let's go to the next UFC. We'll sit ringside. We'll write it off, of course, and then we'll discuss live. Right. Adam had this crazy idea to where, like, you know, we were going to have some sort of Twitter contest and just give away a Rolex. You know, yeah. it's outrageous, this guy. Yeah. And, and Slickback was going to pay for it. And Which, obviously, uh, we so couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So. As we discussed a little bit, um, Apple announced their new headset, the Apple Vision. I sent you guys the video, right? It's basically, it's an, do we say it's an augmented reality device? Yes. Right? You wear it over your head. Not VR. Yeah. So, and it basically, you could, you could browse your phone. It's almost like you're using your phone, but through this augmented reality that, you know, Everything in the it it appears like it's right in front of you in the room, and it's as large as it needs to be. You could view pictures on it. You could watch live. You could watch movies on it. You could watch TV on it. Obviously, it's you know pretty new tech, so the possibilities are full are unknown. But I want to say, at first glance, I'm pretty impressed. Um, mostly because of what this means for the future of watching football. Um, <clears throat> Right. right. Like and, and think about it, like who wants who's going to go to a game and pay to sit in the nosebleeds when you could stand right next to Jalen Hurts and give him a little kiss on the cheek right before he hikes the ball. I would pay for that. <laughs> Imagine this. You're viewing a gaping hole announced by Al Michaels and you're inside of that gaping hole as it's happening. Adam, you brilliant bastard. 
It's a it's a good sell. You are selling me on this. You just so that's basically why I, you for thirty five hundred yeah. bucks. I would say that's worth it. It's kind of it's kind of there. I'd say I'd say Slickback Studios should definitely fund an <laughs> Apple Vision so that we could we could use it and, and review it live. Yeah, that sounds like priority for us. Getting a, an Apple Vision and not buying advertising space or <laughs> or uh, better equipment or a better space to record in. What is the? Yeah, I know our next segment's going to be gambling, right? But uh, what yeah. do you, what would you set the over under on the amount of Americans that are going to default on their Klarna payments <laughs> for buying the Apple Vision? Five and a half million over <sighs> under. <laughs> you know, five and a half million is actually not that many people. Uh, tell that. Tell that to the uh, to the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I would bet. So we're going to set this bet at the Holocaust. <laughs> well, yeah. Here's the thing. Do you, how many people do you know that have, have an Oculus? None. Uh, it's I, about, but, but Apple branded it better. Of course. For sure. Yes. I've never, I've never seen an Oculus outside of Best Buy. I know one person <laughs> that has it. Um, but Adam's got a point. I mean, it's an Apple product. I, I bet. I would bet five. Yeah, I bet five million. Probably the over on that. I think people yeah. will will put their money out there to get this thing. Um, it doesn't seem like it's much different than a fucking phone, to be honest. At le- the least, at least from the video that I watched, it was just like Only you can your blink eyes. and you'll open your eye. Yeah, exactly. You use your eyes and it opens your email. It's like what? Uh, I listen. don't think the I don't think the 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 initial product is going to be like that big of a deal but i see what it could mean for the future yeah and, and i'm well, excited apps are going to be developed for it which it's like it's like the right. and immersive smart apps. tv right yeah so is this yeah, imagine only fans on the uh the apple vision well right that you would know? be some shit i mean this there is going go. yeah porn on the apple vision this is going to create uh, a demand that we've we've never seen before. Are we just moving into this the the reality that we're all just we're going to have to get one of these? Absolutely. Yeah. And it'll be stylish. It'll be like your glasses right now. Yeah. But you could see. You know, you you'll be taught. We'll be having a conversation, but you'll be just like. Now you could really just browse. You you'll never have to be in the present moment ever again in your life, <laughs> which is really which is what, what everyone's <laughs> trying to do. It's what most people want. Yeah, life right. is so bad for so many that the the idea of being able to blink twice and you know you have porn right in front of you or whatever it may be that is an improvement for right. most people. Dude, I just wonder. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say there's those those movies that are like they always they depict some type of a future. Um, what's the one with the like Bruce Willis? There's the fifth element. Yeah. Where they right. This weird future where there's this virtual reality shit. And we are inching closer to that kind of virtual reality. It'll happen in 100%. our lifetime. 
Right. We're ten years old. Yeah. Yeah. Ten. We're all already living in that kind of a, a future in some way. The only difference is like we have Jetsons like technology. The only difference is we still have like air, uh, excuse me, window unit air conditioner. You know what right. I mean? It's like part of life is extremely advanced. Right. And then part of life is like you still see people with like shitty cars. Right. But some people have self-driving cars. Right. You know, it, we're living in this weird in-between period. I just wonder like with the Apple Vision, what's going to happen when people start to hack it? Right. Are you yeah. going to be able to like, you know, control what's make somebody look at things they don't want to look at? Uh. <laughs> I mean, I think that eventually you're going to be able to hack into people's like, like part of their Thoughts. psyche. Right. Right. Elon Musk is doing the I brain mean, chip thing. People, they're gonna, somebody get Ridley with. Scott on the phone right now. <laughs> I think we got something here. Yeah. Uh, all right, boys. Shall we parlay it and get the hell out of here? Absolutely. Yes. Especially after last week, I hit it. Baby. Hey, redemption. Finally. While well, you two jerk offs let me down. Yeah. Well, I obviously. Well, I Adam's picked, not even. I picked, Adam's not even sure if he let me down. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure yet. Uh, I, I think, think I, he, I think I actually didn't. I, I might be four. I might be like batting a hundred. Betting a thousand here, a hundred and a thousand are not the same. I'm saying I hit them all. I think professional sports better, Adam Foster. All right, yeah. so for this week's Howard Ratner's no shot parlay, uh, what do we got, Maddie? You want to start? Yeah, I'm going to start because I'm hot off going over on Jokic game one. So some people would say, well, why don't you just keep going over on Jokic because he went over game two as well. Well, that's square thinking, okay? Yep. And also, this week, as you guys have heard, I'm taking a stand. Because like I said, I was kneeling during the anthem, okay? So what I'm doing is I'm taking the Irish... What's something Irish people are known for? Like uh, warrior? The Celtic warrior. That's right. Drunk. I'm taking the Celtic warrior himself... Rory McElroy to finish in the top five of what is it? The RBC Canadian Open odds. This bet is so good for so many reasons, okay? Because it's an Irishman going in and fucking up Canada for All what right. they've just done to New York. Right. We're with that. And guess what? Rory McElroy didn't join terrorist organization 9 11 funded live golf that's right okay so rory mcelroy the celtic warrior loves america plus 140 top five in the canadian thing (laughs) i love it matt i love it adam that's my handicap yeah so this week uh we're gonna go to the world of horse racing all right we're gonna go talk about a long shot the good old Delta Downs for tomorrow in Vinton, Louisiana. Mm. I am betting on number nine. I can fly to take it all with five to two odds. Now, I know a lot of our fans are looking at that lineup and going, why don't you pick Bad Mammy 23? Well, listen, 
I've seen Bad Mammy 8 and Bad Mammy 13, and I wasn't impressed. <laughs> so I'm going with I Can Fly 5 to 2 odds. Bad Mammy 23 sounds like a Martin Lawrence movie. <laughs> yes, or a Tyler Perry movie. Or Tyler Perry, yeah, right. <laughs> All right, to round out the Howard Ratner no-shot parlay, we're going to the French Open Thursday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Carlos Alcaraz is playing Novak Djokovic, and somehow Carlos Alcaraz is the favorite. Not in my book, bitch. Novak Djokovic doesn't have any COVID vaccine to slow him down, and he is plus 170 against Carlos who? I don't know who this guy is. Novak Djokovic, one of the stars, one of the great stars of a tennis generation. Take him with the points. We're going no Novak Djokovic plus 170 at the French Open. All right. So uh, this is going to be our biggest win yet. <clears throat> when, not if, when this hits. Okay. So we've got Rory McIlroy at plus 140. Let's put this in the uh, parlay machine here. Yep. We've got Novak Djokovic at plus 170, you said, Mike? Yes. And then, Adam, what was the name of that horse? Number uh, I Can Fly. And then we've got I Can Fly at uh, 5 to 2, you said. So that works out to plus 250. So that means when this bet hits this week, a $100 wager is going to net you $2,168, which is not enough to buy the PGA, but it's a nice win. It's a nice win. Well, gentlemen, what a fun episode we just did, huh? Listen, if this doesn't get us the Saudi money, we'll just have to keep trying. (laughs) Uh, I'm at Mike Coscarelli on all social platforms. Gentlemen, please plug yourselves. I am at Matt Lejeski on all social platforms except for TikTok. At it's Adam Foster. All right. Uh, and uh, obviously, if you guys have not rate and reviewed, subscribed to the podcast, please do so. Tell a friend that you're listening to the finest sports podcast on the planet. We're happy to have you listening and uh, we enjoy doing the show for you. Um, so until next week, that'll do it for us. Bye.